It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. Got Care 11's very own Reggie Wilson with me. So life is good. Thursday, Reg, almost the weekend. How you feeling? Almost the weekend. The training camp is off and running. We love it. Yes, yeah, sit down and buckle up. Lots to discuss after the first full Viking training camp practice with plenty of notes and highlights to break down, plus a little Twinkies talkers and later putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean. All coming up on Superior Sports Talk. Remember, you got to follow along on the Locked On Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button there. And on Twitter, smash that follow button at Locked On M-I-N. All right, to football we go. 47 days until week one of the NFL season kicks off. Almost there. That means the first full 90-man practice is officially in the books. Reggie was there live and in action. So much to unpack here in just 10 minutes. So let's blow the doors off this baby. First and foremost, if you were on Twitter yesterday, despite all the actual football being played, the biggest story in Vikings country seemingly came off the field when Justin Jefferson spoke at the podium and he stressed he's not focused or worried about the contract or the money right now. He just wants to go prove himself, earn that top spot as the league's number one wideout. Before we jump into what we saw at practice itself, quick thoughts on JJ and his comments at the presser and his looming contract extension that you got to assume is in the works behind the scenes as we speak. Yeah, you would think it probably is. You know, um, Quasi has done a really good job coming in. They were strapped. Like, mm-hmm. they were strapped with the cap. And somehow has put the Vikings in the top ten with the most cap room. That's unbelievable. How How is that even a thing? Not even that a full being, season. Exactly. Like three months. Unbelievable. Like, what? That being said, it's like, look, you better get them now while the good is good because the longer that they wait, on Justin Jefferson, the more he's going to, like, cost. Mm-hmm. As uh, Fat Joe said, yesterday's price <laughs> is not today's price. It's going up. And the more he just continues to go out there and make plays and do what he does, and the more, you know, you see him. We, we had the rankings last week talking about how J.J. was in the top three of wide receivers in the league. He catapults himself to one after this season. And look, just back up the Brinks truck. Quasey just hands over an empty check. And he just signs the number that he wants. And apparently it's not going to be that much because he says he's not too fond of money. Interesting note there. Yeah. What? Okay. What? Okay. Okay. I'm not too fond of money. Who says that? A guy who's about to get paid. It's it's when when people say they're not too fond of money. Number one, they have it on the way. Number two, they're doing really well for themselves. Mm-hmm. And so he's somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not balling. You know, he's still on that rookie deal, and that's a that's a good amount of money. He's got some endorsements and all that good stuff. I'm pretty sure he's. You know, we hope that he's doing right by his money. If he's not too fond of money, that means he's just. You know. 
he's being a good steward over it. That's what you hope that means. Mm-hmm. But him saying that is just like, come on, man. So, so you're saying I'm not too fond of money, and it's just like, all right, well, uh, let, let's give you a. How about we give you a contract that's in the top ten of of wide receivers paid in the NFL? How about that? That's good. Since you're not too fond you of money, and and I'm sure he's not going to go for that. How about the vet but, minimum? Huh? Come on. Yeah, if yeah. You want to be a team guy? How about yeah, the vet yeah. min? Come on, yeah, baby. You good with that? Yeah. Let's that's, that's that's fair, right? Hey, you right? see Tom Brady win all those Super Bowls. He always takes you know cuts a little around the corners there to help his team out in the salary cap. Come on. Funny baby. enough, Tom Brady is num- when I was looking it up number sixteen as far as like highest paid quarterbacks that's in the league. Crazy. Just because of you know him trying to take like Julio Jones got a one year six million dollar deal mm-hmm. from the Buccaneers, and you know Aaron Rodgers would never. He was just like, what you want. Devonte, or me getting fifty million? Hmm. Oh, I take my fifty million. That's hmm. all right. I'll I'll turn Alan Lazard into a Pro Bowler. That's fine. It's it's all good. I'll turn him into a Hall of Famer. I'll, I'll throw to whoever. I'll throw to my mom. It's okay. <laughs> she can catch some stuff. That's fine. Whatever. You know, it's just it's just funny when you say I'm not too fond of money because it's like, dude, it's coming. Like you know, it's and you're gonna want to get paid like the top guy. You know, you got some more grills to get. You got some more chains to get, you know. Um, but but I think this year is going to be really important for him. And I, I think he's putting the work in that's necessary to be among the top guys in the league. And I'm looking forward to seeing him, number one, blow up this year even more than he's done so already. And two, get paid for services. Yeah, oh, totally. It, it's that typical cliche. I'm only worried about what I can control. That's why I have an agent to take care of the business side for me. I just want to go out here and play football. Not the first time we've heard a high-end player coming up on a new deal say this stuff. In fact, I was there at TCO when Stefan Diggs said the exact same thing, almost verbatim. And then it wasn't more than like four or five days later, he shows up to training camp practice. Spielman and company had a new contract waiting for him. Different scenario. <laughs> here I know JJ drafted in the first round Diggs was drafted what in the fifth two more years on his deal as well but if the Vikes were wise I think they'd be smart to lock him up sooner lock than up. later because lock him up. you got guys like CD Lamb and DK Metcalf signing new deals and they're about to blow the roof off this wide receiver market that's already skyrocketed after this offseason with Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill getting that Jeff Bezos money I will say though I cover this team now for the eighth season. They always did like to clean up some contracts and get some extensions going during training camp before the mm. season started. Granted, that was the old regime, Quasi calling the shots now, but he still got Rob Brzezinski there, who still remains kind of chirping in his ear. But guys like Harrison Smith, we saw Limbaugh Joseph, Kyle Rudolph, I remember all those guys getting deals done during the middle of training camp. Let's get this deal done now before things get out of hand. I'm sure that's what Brzezinski's saying. You, uh, yeah. you bring up uh Metcalf and CD Lamb and look mm-hmm. I think those guys are great receivers mm-hmm. fine receivers but I take JJ over both of those guys no and doubt. so whatever they're getting paid whatever you know I think what's funny about the deal that Terry McLaurin got is if he had a better quarterback throwing to oh. him over the last several seasons he's probably the highest paid guy in the league yeah but yeah. At, at wide receiver I should say but because of the circumstances, I think he even got shorted some some money that he could have gotten. And look, Justin Jefferson, I'd take him over any of these guys. You know, like 
I take Justin Jefferson over Devontae Adams at this point, especially without Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. Yeah, if and you're so, building a team from scratch and you get that age factor, oh, yep. hands down. I agree. Yep. I think the only strong case for another receiver over Justin Jefferson is who? Jamar Chase. That's it. That's right. it if you're building a team from scratch. I think it comes down to those two guys. A lot of exactly. good points, though, for sure, coming up. you got to keep tabs on, again, C.D. Lamb and D.K. Metcalf contracts just right around the corner. All right, to practice we go. Only guy it sounds like wasn't there was Jordan Hicks. Haven't heard the scoop on why, but it was Troy Dye replacing him with the ones. And these are those depth chart questions we talked about yesterday. You start to glean some info on. Is it the rookie Brian Asamoah? Is it Chas Surratt, Blake Lynch, perhaps? No, it's Troy Dye, highest on the depth chart as we start camp out for now. Interesting to find these position competitions out and where the coaches have these guys ranked doesn't mean things can't change. That's why you got training camp. That's why you got practice. That's why you got preseason games. But it does matter. It's a look into the coaches' rooms when they're drawing up those depth charts. Jesse Davis remained as your starting right guard. Cam Bynum was your starting safety over Lewisine. No real shockers there. Two of the biggest splash plays came from Johnny Munt on a big pass up the seam, splitting Harrison mm-hmm. Smith and Lewisine. Super Bowl will come, baby. <laughs> and rookie Andrew Booth Jr. with the sliding interception, cutting an underneath route on Justin Jefferson near the boundary. That was a bad Me- throw by Kirk. Meaning not only was Booth Jr. fully healthy like truly actually fully healthy sometimes they say that and then they're very limited in practice but truly fully healthy and a full go off that hernia not Mm -hmm. only was he already with the starters but he was already out there making plays on Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson googly moogly Reg I mean you were there how did Booth look in your eyes and any other big splash plays from practice you recall so uh first off Jordan Hicks uh he was out uh just away from the team non-COVID illness okay okay that was what so we it got was a little called. scoop there okay yeah that was what it was called non-covid illness so not really sure what he's dealing with but they're just probably taking their you know precautions and keeping them away from the team until he feels better so um we'll see what develops with that but they're excited to get him out there one of the most productive linebackers in all of the nfl the last couple seasons so uh he should be a great addition to that defense as far as just Anything else? You know what was interesting about yesterday? You know, no pads. It was kind of ho-hum, you know? Like, they they were doing their drills. You know, it didn't really... You know, it didn't really feel like training camp yesterday. It was it was interesting. Like, they were getting the work in, and they were, you know, doing some 7-on-7 stuff and, and all that. But, like, you know, it really wasn't anything too crazy. Like, they weren't drawing up plays. They weren't really you know, going after it like sometimes you expect them to. But it was the first day. And so, you know, like Kevin O'Connell said, when they go, they're going to go. And so that's that's what you expect. But yesterday it was interesting because, like, I was tweeting a little bit of a play-by-play of what was going on. And, you know, you just saw guys doing drills and just working on technique and all that stuff. And I was tweeting out stuff like, Hey, look at Justin Jefferson. His hands do indeed still work. And uh, Dalvin Cook running drills, you know, uh, he looks like looks like he still runs, you know. He's, that, he's, that, he's, got, he's still got that dog in him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kirk Cousins, the arm, still looks alive. You know, he, mm-hmm. he, he's tossing that pill. Adam you know? Thielen, that, still crispy he, on yeah, those routes. Just, just, still crispy. 
so everything looked good. Daniil Hunter looked good. He was doing some side work, getting his uh, getting his routine in, and and just kind of getting some technique stuff down. And he looked good. And uh, Zadarius Smith looked good out there. Those those guys are massive, by the way. Like oh. a couple of those guys, Zadarius ran by me. We'll, we'll talk about Daniil in a bit. Standing next to that guy, the dude is just an Adonis. Like. It's ridiculous how big these dudes are. Just absolute freaks, man. Phil Lodeholt, the right tackle from Oklahoma, during the Favre era, you probably don't remember mm-hmm. him, but he was starting right. Phil Lodeholt was the biggest dude I think I've just literally ever seen. Forget about football yeah. or not. He was a giant, but it is crazy. Yeah. It's funny to note you're right. Once you get up close and personal and stand next to these guys, it's just wild just yeah. how athletic they can be for being that size. It's just wild yeah. to think about. You're it, right. And, and you know, what was interesting yesterday, a couple things I noted uh, before we move on, uh, a couple things. Alexander Madison looked very much, like, beefed up yesterday. Like, mm. he looks like he really had a great offseason just kind of bulking up. And, mm. and, and like, he, he looks like he added some muscle to that frame to just kind of hold up a little bit. What he's done this offseason is really put his body in position to be able to withstand some of those his maybe, you know, fall a little bit more forward after contact. Because that's one thing that Dalvin Cook does really well. You know, on contact, he always finds a way to get that positive yardage. You never see him really get taken back when he's getting tackled. Like, he always finds a way to lean forward and get forward. And sometimes it seems like Madison, when he was running it, you know, he was getting hit or getting touched, and he was kind of like flopping around a little bit. But I think he's he's uh, built himself up to to withstand some of that, and I'm excited to see what he does this season in this new offense. And another guy, you know, missed all of last season after that unfortunate event, but Jalen Twyman, like the dude, mm-hmm. goodness gracious, the dude is a dude. And he's like, a bully, huh? Yeah, he was out there working, doing some drills and stuff, and we just kind of noticed just how, like, built he was. Like, arms are just, just massive. Pythons, man. Thick he looks yeah, like I've seen He some looks pictures. like nothing ever happened to him, and I'm excited to see what he does in, in really his first game action, really, because of what happened last year. But, like, I think he might be a sneaky guy that ends up playing himself into some rotation in that defense. Couple more just quick hitters. Just your quick thoughts, just knee jerk reaction. Booth already making plays out there with the ones, mm-hmm. giving Cousins fits. You love to see it. Is it too early to say Booth is a lock to be a starter week one when the Vikes host Green Bay? And if so, who gets booted out? Cam Dantzler? Because it feels like they brought in Shandon Sullivan to lock down the nickel for now until proven otherwise. So it just feels like the spot Booth will most likely land in is on the boundary as an outside cornerback. So maybe not at the start of the season unless he just continues to have a just really good training camp and great mm-hmm. preseason. But I do think that eventually as the season goes along, he's going to play himself into one of those other outside spots. Yeah, to, like, see, to see him as a starter already day one of camp yeah. just kind of blew my mind a little bit. I mean, he was a projected first rounder. No, you're right. I mean, I loved him coming out for sure. I loved him yeah. coming out. But and, just with and, the hernia and everything else. And the Vikings got a steal, you know, getting him mm-hmm. in the second round and so I think that's something that they're encouraged about he got the play and it was just so interesting when he picked that pass off yesterday the team went crazy love it crazy jacked up love it and so we were just looking over we were just like goodness gracious you would have thought that like you know they just like 
you know, won the NFC championship or something, how crazy they were going. And so that's exciting. That's something that, that you're not used to seeing all, all of that kind of excitement with this team. And I think that's the, the new energy that's a part of this group. Tons of notes and buzz already, and that's all after just one day of practice. So much to glean from training camp and what they're doing out there. Who's where? What guys are standing out making plays? A lot of fun to watch. Put the puzzle pieces together. Finally, I know you got a chance to sit down with Daniil Hunter. You, of course, can check that out on CARE 11, so I don't want to spoil too much for people who haven't seen it yet, but I just got to know one or two things that kind of stuck out to you when talking with Daniil yesterday after practice. Well, what was interesting, he says he feels good. So that's good. Um, he's hungry, man. Like, I think that was one of the biggest things that I gleaned from that. He's hungry. He feels like people have maybe forgotten about how dominant their front can be. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of interesting because there are some new pieces in there, you know, like gone are like the Everson Griffins and, you know, uh, they don't have Pierce anymore. So I think what's what's interesting is some of these guys are, are not the guys that you remember just, you know, kind of being in there. He's got, you know, Zadarius Smith. And then you're looking at guys kind of stepping up this season, like, you know, more from Wanham, more from Watts. You got Harrison Phillips in there. Um it, you got Dalvin Tomlinson coming back. So I think that's what's interesting about this this front. But he feels like they're going to be a dominant uh, front. And he's looking forward to kind of playing that, that new role as a stand-up outside linebacker this season. And he was just like, you know, I think people have, have kind of forgotten about what we can do. But we're going to show them what we got. And so I asked him, I said, you know, do you feel like people have forgotten about what you can do just – based on how these last couple of years have gone because honestly he was on pace for another double digit sack season before oh, yeah. that torn peck happened he was very much like looking like the daniel hunter that we remember before the neck injury and that was encouraging to see from vikings fans we talked about it we did some stories on it on care 11 about how daniel looked like he was back and then that injury happened and it just kind of derailed everything and he was just like, you know, I'm, I'm just – he took the Marshawn Lynch approach. He's like, I'm just about that action, boss. You know, I'm I'm good. Like, I I just – I've never been a guy that talks. I just want to show what I got and let the people see what what's up. And so, you know, I asked him about expectations that he set for himself. And he just talked about how he just wants to go out there and do what he does. He's not one that that gets into, you know, all of the hype and all that, like, he lets his play do the talking, and I'm excited to see what his play does this season. If he can stay healthy, I think he's going to return to that, you know, top tier of most feared pass rushers in the league. He's It's just crazy how this dude – I can't get over it, man. Like, the dude is just – Jacks, Mortal Kombat. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. Like, he, he's, a built, he's a created player from Madden. He's incredible. It makes no sense, man. Again, be sure to check that full interview out over there at CARE 11. Awesome sit-down with the Reggie Wilson. Vikings fans want the Super Bowl jewelry one time. Let's go. All starts here in training camp, the road to Glendale, Arizona, baby. But in the meantime, you can get your own high-end jewelry with Blue Nile Jewelry. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Lockdown Sports listeners get 50 bucks off purchases of $500 or more. Use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON+. Plus. 
Every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Training camp, day one recap. Get some healthy debate going. We want to hear from you. Go comment on the YouTube channel. Let us know what you think. 48 days until week one of the NFL season. Vikings training camp day two about to commence later this afternoon. Rest assured, Reggie and I got you covered every step of the way, every day on Locked On Minnesota Network. All right, to baseball we go. You know what? I'm getting this close to pulling these twin segments out of the show completely. I'm sick of it, Reg. I might just go on strike until they make a move for some pitching help because this is getting ridiculous. Chris Archer gets shelled yesterday. Twins lose 10-4, get swept by Milwaukee. You know it's going to be a long day when your one through four hitters go 0 for 16. That was bad. Let me say that again. Your one, two, three, and four hitters go 0 for 16 at the plate. Luis Arise 0 for 5. His average drops to 333. Give credit where credit's due. Corbin Burns, the opposing pitcher, is an absolute stud and had another great outing. Quick thoughts, and I mean real quick, on the Twins last night and just the overall vibe of this team right now and their identity in the MLB. No. <laughs> you ain't going to do it either? No. no. I. You no. know... I... It's interesting because I don't know what exactly they would have to do or give up for this, but uh, Luis Castillo was lights out in his uh, start with the Reds yesterday. And so many people thinks that, think that it could be his last start with the Reds before he gets shipped off. Go get that dude, Let's man. Like, You're sitting in I don't first know what you, place. I don't know what you got to give up. You know, like that's the, that's the part there like because he's a good pitcher you're gonna have him for a while as well uh good control over him go get him man like the the twins are at this point where they could just fall off the face of the earth like i could see a a terrible slide happen because the pitching is just not doing what they need to do and you're like okay well maybe we just rely on the bats but when the the heart the top and the heart of the order are just going over, looking at that stat sheet last night, I was just like, okay, like how are they even supposed to compete? And then it's like, okay, if the bats aren't doing what they are supposed to do, and then the pitching is not giving them much, like where is this team going? I'll stop you right there, Luke, because I know what you're thinking. The answer <laughs> is nowhere. They're going nowhere playing like this. So, like, look, I, I understand it's a premium to get uh, starting pitching, but at least get some bullpen arms or something, man. Like, they need some help, and they need it in the worst way because this is just becoming just bad to watch. Like, they beat up on the Tigers over the weekend. Yay, great, you know, whatever, beat a bad team. But when they go against these good teams, like, at first we were seeing them compete against these guys, Yankees, Blue, Blue Jays, Jays. Yankees, You yeah. know, yep. you're like, okay, cool, they're doing it. But then th- this is the second time they've gone up against the Brewers and boom, boom, you know, just getting hit, just getting, like, shellacked. And you're just like, okay, come on. What, what are we doing? What's going on? They need to make – not just one move. They need to make multiple moves. By the way, worst part about this, I know they're sitting in first place, but it doesn't feel like they're sitting in first no, place. No, it doesn't. They got, they got the hardest remaining schedule in the division. Oh, Meanwhile, the White goodness, Sox and Cleveland got the easy part of their schedule coming up. So even though they're sitting in first place, just the morale, the vibe, the identity just seems so off. And I guess we're all just sitting here waiting. I just want to know either way. 
Even if they don't make a trade, I just want to know and stop sitting here waiting, wishing, hoping for a big blockbuster deal to take place. Twins with the day off today, then some West Coast fun with the Padres for three, then Twins get 14 of their next 19 at home. So yeah, you're hoping they, they can take get advantage of that. Yeah, you're hoping they can get their swag back and find a little groove there. And hopefully again at that point you'll have some pitching brought in via trade and give you a much needed boost of confidence for the second half stretch, if nothing else. West Coast, so late start tomorrow, 8.40 p.m. first pitch. Joe Ryan on the mound in a game the twins just desperately need just for the morale of this clubhouse. All right. Time has come. Favorite segments here. I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean covering all the latest hot topics in Minnesota sports. First one up, ESPN's latest article ripped out 32 wild and crazy stats for all 32 teams. For the Vikings, they listed off this. The Vikings ranked third in the league in DVOA passing in the red zone, but only 29th when running in the red zone. What does it mean how things will change under KOC in the red zone, specifically in 2022? And why do you think they were so good at passing, yet so inefficient running the ball in the red zone last year, knowing how much emphasis Zimmer liked to be on being a good rushing football team? Uh, for people who don't know, DVOA, somewhat of a newer stat, Defense adjusted value over average basically calculates a team's success based on the down and distance of each play during the season and then takes that number, calculates it how much more or less successful each team is compared to the league average. So what do you think happened there last year? Yeah, you should expect it to change just based on the fact that you have a little bit more competent of a, a coaching staff offensively. I think, you know, when it's first and second down, in the red zone, what's expected? You're going to run. And I think if you do a good a good job of mixing it up and running on passing downs and passing on rundowns or whatever, whatever you want to say, like when you, when you find a little bit more of a um, identity offensively, I think mm -hmm. it'll work out more in your favor. You know, it's funny uh, watching the Kansas City Chiefs and then before that, watching Andy Reid with the Eagles, what was the biggest criticism of Andy Reid? Number one was his time management. And, and like, you know, when time was, was running down in a half or in a game, people just thought his time management was, was terrible. But also, one of the biggest ones, especially since he's gotten all these weapons in Kansas City, is that he gets too cute in the red zone. Mm -hmm. Like, just you got the guys, just line them up, run a regular play instead of like doing one of those like double reverse whatever you got the going nose back tackle to the quarterback. In that, yeah. yeah nose tackles in that fullback like yeah what are we doing it's here? just it, no 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 just you got Patrick Mahomes like mm -hmm. just call a call a play let him make it and get a touchdown and I think what's what's interesting is like Kevin O'Connell is gonna come in and you know, we, we always talk about, you know, the, the complexities that his offense is going to bring. But I think what he's going to do also is just keep the defense off balance because he actually, like, knows more of what he's doing. Than, you know, and, and I don't mean to make, like, slights at Kubiak. Like, I think he was doing a, a, as good of a job as he could. But, like, he was just kind of learning on the fly. And I think, you know, KLC is going to be learning on the fly as well, but – He's established in that, you know, he he has a history of of the the play calls and all that good stuff. And I think 
he's going to keep this this offense rolling a little bit more to where they're in much more of a rhythm and they keep the defense guessing. And I think that stat is going to improve as far as, as far as running. Anytime you have one of the top running backs in the league and you got a, a hungry, eager guy spelling him, like I think they're going to be much improved uh, running in the red zone. And it is kind of shocking when you think you got Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison down in the red zone, down at the goal line, and yet they were so bad efficiently. 29th in the league doesn't get much worse than that at running, but so good at passing, though, too. Tells me maybe that they put so much emphasis on the running attack that defense is forced to stop the run, and they took advantage of that with some play-action passes. Again, just kind of taking advantage of defenses overloading to try to stop the run at some point. Interesting to note, we always kind of tie everything back to what the Rams like to do now that we got KOC. The Rams shocking stat is this. It was only 13% of their plays, but the Rams had the worst offense in the league. Don't hear that often. Mm. When opponents had base defense personnel on the field, they averaged three just averaged 3.6 yards per play. So we know they run a ton of 11 personnel, which usually brings in the nickel or dime defense schematically. But when the defense was just in that base defense, interesting to note, the Rams offense did struggle a little bit. So Mm. going to be interesting to see if that ties back to KOC at all. Maybe nothing. But again, just how KOC takes what he learned from McVay and kind of puts his own little thumbprint on it, puts his own little spin on it. Going to be a lot of fun to watch. All right. That's a wrap today. Back here tomorrow, breaking down more Twins, Vikes, plenty more. Remember, like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode covering all the biggest topics in Minnesota sports. He's Reggie Wilson. Follow him on Twitter at TV and on CARE 11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out. Be blessed. Spread love today. This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.